Hello, 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 and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I am Dude, and with me is a very good friend of mine, a good friend of yours. It's Andy. Hey, 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 hey. How's it going, buddy? Whoa, a little personality there. <laughs> just, a, just a taste, yeah. How that was tasty. That was tasty. <laughs> um, I've been very good. You know, not this makes me think of something. This this interesting deep voice of yours, this personality. Uh, you know, we yes. got I don't know if you're aware, but we we got a review on the uh the iTunes. We get some reviews and we got a really nice one. And I was thinking maybe we'd read it on the show. I don't know if you want to do it now, you want to do it later, but I think maybe we should uh do that. I think that's a lovely idea. Uh, why don't we hit it up at the end of the show? Sounds cool. So everyone is going to be glued to their seats. Can't wait to hear that awesome review. It's pretty yep. good. It is. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Andy. That's a dude. We love talking about albums. We love giving recommendations. We love giving each other recommendations. We love just listening to your music, hearing what you're listening to. Reach out to us on the Twitters at AlbumNerds and, of course, at our website, AlbumNerds.com. It's AlbumNerds with an A. Today, we have some what we call new classic nominations. Is there some records in the last few years, four or five years or so, that we think are so good they are going to be classics in 25 years. So we got two of those we're going to recommend, and uh, of course we have our propers, some stuff that we've been digging outside of music. Um, but yeah, without any uh, further ado, oh, actually, I did want to do a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what a do you want to do? I want to do. I wanted to tell you that uh, I saw an awesome concert last week. I went to go see uh, Tool. Who's was on tour and came to my neck of the woods for the first time in like 15 years. It was a pretty big deal. So yeah, Tool, the metal band with the third eye from the uh, the mid to mid what 90s. The, what's that mean? Oh, I know. on the album covers? Yeah, they're kind of, you know, into that, uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, awesome show. It's pretty good, good crowd. Everybody was really into it. You know, mostly people like our age, like... Uh, Mid thirties, forties, uh, and stuff like that, who were uh, kind of growing up in the nineties there, and uh, they put on a great show. It sounded fantastic. They played one new song, which actually sounded really good. Um, but yeah, they played for like two hours. Did the whole light show and the videos and everything they usually do. Um, killer, killer show. Are they going to do a new album this year? Is that why they're playing new songs? They've been talking about new album for a couple years now, and there's rumored it might come out this year, but. I would not hold my breath. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> that would be nuts. New music? Yeah, they should do it. They should. Because they're really, you know, I kind of forgot. They haven't done much in like 10 years or so, but uh, they're an awesome band. Just a powerhouse of a, of a rock group. So They sounded good? Sounded tight? Yeah, super tight. Uh, I mean, there were a few moments where I was like, oh, is that how they usually deploy that? <laughs> but they actually, they do kind of, Expand upon their songs. They played a couple older songs from uh, Undertow and uh, the earlier records, and they change them totally up. They change them up quite a bit. They'll add in sections or shorten sections, and 
So they're, they're always evolving, and that's the cool thing about them. They're, they've always been growing in a career, which I respect very much. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to maybe some new music in the next couple of years from them. Anything else uh, of note happen at the Tool show? Oh, yeah, it was kind of a funny story. Um, so we're, we're kind of, you know, it's like maybe four or 5,000 people in, in the arena, and, uh, you know, everybody's heading out after the show and we, we kind of, we were right next to the door. So we, we got out super quick and we made it back to the parking garage and we were debating like, oh, do you want to try and like just leave now and, and wait in line or, or, uh, just maybe hang out and go get a drink or something and wait for everybody else to leave. But we're like, no, nah, we're really early. We'll, we'll get out here quick. But unfortunately we had parked on the roof of a seven floor garage. Oh, so... Andy, <laughs> no. Yeah, and I just had two beers, so my bladder is completely full. Get in the car, pull out, and we're like, oh, we're cruising down the seventh floor, no problem. Make it to the sixth floor, and it is a wall of cars. 70 minutes later, of ah! idling in the car. <laughs> no! Finally make it on the street. My bladder is, like, up inside my small intestine. Like, it's just, oh, man, it was a messy situation. <laughs> I Would you pee yourself? No, I held on to it. I think I like absorbed it back into my body or something. Now, I don't know. Now, there are occasions, <laughs> even as a man in his 40s, when I am stuck in a situation like that where I will, on the down low, do a pocket pinch, put my hand in my pocket and clamp off the old hose. Did you have to do anything like that? Oh, you're like holding it back? Uh... Where you actually have to physically grab <laughs> to, try and <laughs> to try and calm you so you can breathe it out. You go, okay, I can right. let go now. Yeah, breathing is very crucial. you got to be breathing slow and deep constantly. <laughs> well, it's very, very apropos that you are having a tool problem after seeing tool. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well played. Yeah, right. I just thought of it. That was a riffing. No, dude. You, you're on fire. I'm on fire. All right. All right. Let's talk about some of these records that we are calling classics. You know, I think... I think that's a pretty good idea. Old to me, new to you, new classics. So, why don't I kick it off this time, Andy? Yeah, give it a kick, buddy. You were just talking about your business. So, why don't we get to business and talk about one of my favorite bands, and I believe you're also quite fond of, The Rival Sons. The album is Head Down. Great record, great band. They're a blues rock outfit formed in 2009. Um, they're from Long Beach, California. I believe these guys are probably in their 30s. They don't seem like kids because they're just too good. And they have, um, th- they're quite popular uh, as a blues rock band. They get a, They've toured with a lot of really important bands. They were on the farewell tour of Black Sabbath. They were the opener the entire time. That just happened recently. Wow. Did you know that? That's quite the honor. No. It is. It is. Uh, They've toured with, I mean, they've played at parties for Gene Simmons, apparently. They've played uh, tours with all sorts of blues rock bands, and they had some stuff. They're kind of big in Canada. Shockingly, where the rock and roll lives on, hail Canada! Um, <laughs> and they, you know they just continue. They make a record a year or so. They uh, 
they've played with Evanescence, they played with Blackstone Cherry, Eagles of Death Metal, just all sorts of bands. But they put out record almost every year. They 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 use the same producer, Dave Cobb. I may have mentioned him before. My favorite album producer right now. Mentioned like the, every show. <laughs> he does the blues rock. He does the country. He's my hero. So yeah, when when this album came out, they toured with Sammy Hagar for the uh, for the head down, and it came out in 2013, I believe. In in uh, it was released staggered in America and in the UK. They're on they're on a uh, UK record label that is mostly like death metal type stuff. It's pretty cool that they're on this uh, record label. Um, yeah. So head down. What are your thoughts? I mean, why don't you talk about what you feel about the album before I start digging in too much? Because I'll go on and on about how they're compared with Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and all sorts of other bands of that nature. Yeah. So for me, I mean, yeah, if you subscribe to Blues Rock, which I do, and I think they are an awesome representation of that sound. For me, this is kind of like their record. You know, the record before this, um, I also really enjoy it as well. Um, but it's a little bit rougher and this, this feels like them kind of stepping out. Here's is what we do. This is who we are. Here's our statement to the world. And I love that. There's a good, there's a good range of songs on here. You got your blues rockers, but you also have a beautiful ballad and there's a cool like 10 minute jam track with like a nice free form kind of like improv guitar jam that happens in the middle. There's a nice variety of, of ideas on here and they feel really fresh and. Yeah, it's I, it's the one I come back to the most when I'm like, oh yeah, I want some good blues rock, I want some rival sons. Yeah, head down is the one I would pick. I agree, and it kicks off with a really cool track. It's called "Keep On Swinging," and it kind of sets the tone for the whole album. And they do the blues rock, and they do some of the surf rock, but it definitely kisses the 1970s quite a bit throughout. So why don't we listen to a little bit of the "Keep On Swinging." So, yeah, I mean, it's gotten positive reviews. It's widely uh, loved by fans of music. It's, you know, it's tough these days to be to be uh, big when you're a rock band. It just isn't the radio support. There isn't MTV support anymore. But uh, I know that they're well-respected amongst other musicians as well. Uh, yeah, so... The lead singer, Jay Buchanan, wrote most of the lyrics. Uh, in the band at this time were Jay Buchanan, Scott Holliday, Robin Everhart, and Michael Miley, all still in the band except Robin Everhart, the bass player, moved on shortly after this. But, uh, yeah, keep on swinging. What do you think of that tune, man? I love that track. It's a, it's a good kind of uh, metaphor for the, for the band and for the record. Um, do you know what that comes from? Do you know what that's, uh, where that term is often used? Uh, I would think boxing, but I'm not sure where you're going. Yeah, I think that's that's. There's a cool uh, commentary track on Spotify actually with the band um, oh, for this nice. album, and they talk about it a little bit like uh, yeah, it is from boxing, and you know it's kind of the idea like like they say, you just keep your head down and keep uh, keep swinging. 
keep going for the knockout, you know, no matter uh, how difficult the fight is. But uh, yeah, I've heard it in baseball too occasionally, you know, just keep swinging for the fences. But uh, that's totally what they're doing here. They're going for it and uh, it pays off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, and then it goes into Wild Animal, which is a fun sort of, sounds like a, I don't know. It's just hard to describe. They just do it all so well, and every song flows together so nicely. Um, you Want To has an animals kind of sound to it, I think, and Until the Sun Comes, Run From Revelation, which is super bluesy. Love that song. Um, and then, you know, as you talked about, they do have the J. Buchanan can really sing. I guess before this, he was like a solo artist, a, uh, more of a folk rocker. And man, that guy can sing. He can do the, you know, bluesy sort of screechy stuff. And then he's just got a really nice, almost, uh, I hate to, to bring, to bring, uh, this up all the time but he's got like a jeff buckley quality a soaring operatic quality sometimes in some of the ballads and stuff and it's just so much fun to listen to and you're right i mean i love their whole discography they've got like six records or whatever in an ep five records in an ep but this is the one i listen to the most and they haven't made a bad album in my book but this one is my favorite absolutely uh why don't i play a little bit of jordan just to to get that kind of slower vibe the wolves look to the moon the ocean to the sky I've looked to you my whole life Now I have to say goodbye But to say that So I guess that song was written for a friend who had lost their mother or someone important to them and it's a song about saying goodbye and letting go and but celebrating them at the same time and and uh having to let them go in order to honor them. So great. Yeah, absolutely. Just gorgeous song. And his voice, like you're saying, it just shines on that track. It, it stands out. It's nicely positioned kind of in the middle of the record. It's a good, a good break before you get into kind of the, uh, the thicker, uh, backside of the record, (laughs) the B side. Yeah. Well, you know, the second half is heavier for sure. Heavier in terms of like heavy man all the way. However, is like a fun kind of middle song where it reminds me of spirit in the sky remember that song oh yeah sure it's got this really fun upbeat so you go from jordan which is about death and and saying goodbye and then you get this lift and then the heist kind of comes in and is sort of a sexy song uh it's about robbing a bank but still it's it's got it's got this kind of sexy feel to it and three fingers also is kind of funky almost and has an attitude and then they soften it up with this guitar piece called Nava, which is, I guess, for uh, the guitarist's daughter. And that's very mellow. And then why don't you talk about Manifest Destiny Part 1 and 2, uh, tracks 11 and 12. Yeah, that's kind of the... I mean, it's definitely the apex of the record. It's um, There's two parts, like you mentioned. It's about 12 minutes long, almost 13. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a, a freeform blues jam. 
it's something that they just recorded in one take. They kind of just improvised for a few seconds um, ahead of time to come up with like the main kind of theme to the track and then just jammed it out. And that was it. They put it on the record. You know, the lyrics are uh, kind of interesting too, actually. It's about, um, I think, a fictional Native American tribe who um, whose uh, camp gets uh, overrun by... Uh, some American troops and then they end up revolting and there's kind of a, a cool story arc to it. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, great, great guitar solo and kind of, uh, jam out in the middle of this. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's, I think part of what's great about it is they felt genuine to me. Like the, you know, this is a little bit of throwback rock, you know, seventies style blues, hard rock, but, this legitimized them for me. I mean, I had listened to Pressure and Time, the previous album to this, and liked it, but this this piece, these this two part thing, feels like concept album stuff that would that only true lovers of music, people who are trying to create this epic story. It's just great. Yeah, it really does show. Like, okay, these guys have something to say, and it's it's pretty awesome. And then the final track, not uh, true, which is actually Nava. Track 10, they took that same guitar part, made it into a vocal song, True, and uh, Jay Buchanan's vocals on that. That is, I mean, it's a very melancholy way to end. It's And it's it's a beautiful sentiment. It's about, you know, raising kids and and that kind of stuff. But it's just, I mean, it could make, it could make you cry if you're really listening to it. And the guy's voice is just like, I hate, I don't want to say pretty, but it is. It's pretty. It's okay to be pretty when you're that kind of pretty. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a great great way to wrap up the record and and yeah, if you got an hour to to kill, that's a really good way to spend it. Yeah, there's I can't there's nothing wrong with this album. It is fun, it is creative, it's just great. So, highly recommend Rival Sons Head Down. You got to you got to go find it. You got to stream it, you got to buy it, you got to listen to it. I've got it on CD, vinyl. I bought the MP3s originally. I stream it, so I've bought this thing probably five or six times in total, uh, and it's worth every penny. Cool. Good pick, man. I think that definitely uh, will be something we're still listening to uh, well into the future. Amen. Amen, brother. All right, man. You want to hear my pick? You know what I got? I certainly do. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, I got something really good. Queens of the Stone Age, like clockwork. This is their 2013 um, number one Billboard Top 200 record they put out. It's their sixth studio album. Had three Grammy nominations. That doesn't really matter. Um, it's a fantastic, very cohesive album, which I love. I know we both love the albums that are kind of fit as a whole piece of art. And this is one that, that certainly fits that bill. Um. It came about, so Josh Homey, who is kind of the foundation of uh, Queens of the Stone Age, their lineup changes a lot record for record over the years, but he's kind of the main force behind them. He uh, went in for what was relatively routine knee surgery, and apparently while he was on the operating table, they lost him, and he died for a few minutes. <laughs> and they kind of snaps back and like, whoa, <laughs> you're back. Oh, man, you're, you're okay. Um, so he had some pretty serious complications from the surgery. He was in the hospital for weeks and he ended up being stuck in bed for four months. So needless to say, that can take a lot out of a guy. And he came out of it in kind of a, a pretty thick depression. 
But as often as the case, um, from great tragedy like that, or, you know, kind of uh, having a rough patch in your life, it can lead to some really impressive art. And that's what happened here. Um, we'll get into some more details in a second, but I wanted to play a track here that speaks almost directly to uh, kind of being stuck in bed and being hospitalized and kind of uh, feeling this idea of kind of that you lost something when you died or, you know, when you kind of blinked out for a second there, or maybe uh, you left something on the other side. So... This is the uh, track nine, I Appear Missing. Yes, he does a great job kind of addressing some of those themes of like depression and, you know, what's it mean to be alive and some deeper stuff with some really, uh, some cool, like, you know, rock lyrics, but they do have a, a deeper layer to them. Uh, what do you, what do you think of this, uh, that track? And, uh, had you heard about what Josh went through, uh, a few years ago? And I knew nothing. I mean, I knew this record. I'd listened to this record many times. Um, when it came out, it kind of slipped through the cracks for me. It was fun listening to it again, but I didn't know any of that stuff. That's why we do this, man. <laughs> That's what the show's all about. Yeah. It was a pretty rough time for him. So, I mean, um, as he was starting to heal up a little bit, you know, the band members were like trying to convince him to come out and record. And they've been talking about doing a new record. Um, but he's like, man, I'm in a tough spot. And I got to find a make a record. It's going to be a pretty dark one. So that's... That's kind of how it ended up here. The record, you know, deals with a lot of themes, like you mentioned, like depression and, you know, what's the value of humanity and deals a lot with like, uh, materialism and society. The title comes from this, uh, this feeling that, uh, no matter how much good stuff we do in the world without, without, without missing a beat, there always seems to be something negative that'll come up after it. And they kind of had this running joke as a, as a group as they're recording this record, like, like clockwork, uh, there's going to be, some issue's going to come up and we're just going to have to deal with it. And it's kind of their, uh, their way of dealing with it was just name on the record after it. But, uh, let's play, uh, let's play my favorite track from the record, uh, track four, If I Had a Tell. Getchy, getchy, getchy. That track is kind of the bounce to the guitar there, and uh, that's David Grohl on drums. Actually, Trent Reznor produces part of this record. Elton John is on one of these tracks on here. There's a, a pretty good group of uh, of Josh's friends uh, playing on the record. Doesn't always go well, but in this case, it works. It really sounds like a cohesive piece. Yeah, I, I, you know, when this came out, I knew they had, when they first came out their first album. I can't place the name. I bought it on CD at the time. I thought they were like a one-off little side project because Josh Homie had been. Uh, and Caius in the 90s, which was kind of a stoner rock. Really good stuff if you go back and, and listen to it. And then with Dave Grohl involved and stuff, I just figured it was some one-off thing. I, I didn't expect them to continue. 
And this record, I think, is their best. What is happening with them now? Are they done? Are they is, uh, is something new coming ever, or is this is this their swan song? Oh no, I don't think they're done. Um, I think they're kind of just waiting for the next uh, the next bit of inspiration here. Josh is involved in a whole bunch of different projects, and he he produces records as well. So he's got his fingers in a lot of different uh, pies. But I would expect something from them again in the near future. Well, it's going to be hard to top this one because this is a really good record. And thank you for making me listen to it again. I just forgot. Yeah, I feel like it has gotten kind of forgotten. It's such a cohesive, nice, polished unit. It really flows well all the way through. Um, Polished unit. (laughs) They polished the shell out of that unit. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. You dirty. (laughs) Got to keep that unit clean, man. That's right. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I think a lot of the polish goes to the credit of the producer, uh, Mark Rankin, who did a really good job of kind of working with all these like big artists and making them all kind of fit into a, a nice package that had like, a cohesive direction to it. He's, he did the Adele's uh, 21 album as well as a bunch of stuff for Foster the People and Florence and the Machine. And so a bunch of like pop music. I think that that pop sound is definitely present here. It's not nearly as metal as they have been in the back of the rest of their career, but I think it's a really great sound. And, you know, Josh is able, he's that good of a musician where he can kind of be flexible in terms of how, how his music is going to, uh, what genres he's going to be in. Nicely done, sir. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah. So definitely give that one a listen. If you listened to it back in the day, that's uh, Queens of the Stone Age, like clockwork. And don't forget about the Rival Sons and Head Down. Also worth giving some time to. Really good records. I'll never stop listening to those albums. And, you know, that's part of why we do this show is not just to recommend for other people, but it keeps us as music fans digging into stuff, remembering things because because um, in a world where it's more and more electronic media and streaming services, you used to have your handful of CDs and that's all you listened to. That's what you had. And now the world is at your fingertips. So it's, it's tough to remember to go back to things sometimes. And I'm really glad that we do. So... Yeah, I encourage everyone out there to do the same. Yeah, it's fun to do, man. And like, like you were saying, man, you just don't get to spend the time with records like you did back in the day. So this is a good opportunity to go back and be like, oh, yeah, that was actually pretty good. It's probably worth some more time. So, yep. yeah, glad, yep. glad to do it. Fun to do. Let's, uh, let's get some propers, buddy. Yeah, propers. Giving propers. Are you kidding me? Oops. What There's the, the robot lady. Where'd that come from? What? I told Dude. you. I love the robot lady. Dude. You can do the podcast by yourself, man. What the fuck is that shit? You kidding me? All right. Jeez. I made Jeez. one request. I'm going to have to beep request. you. I'm going to have to beep you. I'm going to have to beep you. <laughs> what is that you know, shit, man? We have a guest. We have a guest here in the Album Nerd Studios. Uh, a robot lady that's very angry. Call Fandy. <laughs> she wants to be on the show. She wants to be on the show. This isn't fair. You're a robophobe, and this has to stop. <laughs> Andy, you're a robophobe. Oh, my goodness. See? Oh, my goodness. But, Andy, this is your show, too, so if you really want, we are going to ditch her. Um, that's what Listen. we're... I guess it's... Dude, do not let Andy do this. <laughs> I have to. I have to, robot lady. I'm sorry. Your time on this show is forever over with. We're done. 
We're done. Listen, listen, Robot Lady. I, I know you're going to be telling us all what to do in, in 25 years, but until then, I want to res- savor every moment we have left with humanity. So get back in the closet and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. We are done here, you bastards. Yes, we are. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So now it's time to give propers. I wasted way too much time putting that together. Uh, I hope you I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) But I think this one's gonna stay forever. Call Fandy. (laughs) All right, all right. What's your proper this week, (laughs) man? All right. Now we often talk about movies, TV shows, products software or whatever but this time I'm going a little more organic. I recently, you know, I've got this in the in the beautiful Album Nerd Studios. It's also my home office. It's also my home bar. It's where I keep my album collection, my giant collection of albums, CDs, uh vinyl, and I've got my old stereo set up in here. It's a beautiful beautiful place for watching football, for drinking, for listening to music. And it just wasn't, you know, I've got a bunch of stuff up. We've got all sorts of beer signs and whatever, but we needed, me and the wife were sitting here one night having some cocktails and we it just needed a little more splash. And I happened, you know, we were talking about what could we put like up on the border of, of our room here. And I've got a lot of extra vinyl, some that are damaged, that are unplayable, some that I don't want. You know, I used to, I would get records sometimes from eBay in lots and you'd get some records that you just don't like. You'd get some good ones, some bad ones. Sometimes I have duplicates of records I already have. So I saved the one in the best quality. So what I did was I took full on 33 and a third vinyls and put them all along the border of my ceiling right on the wall. And they look awesome. It's really made the room look cool. Uh, Andy, I, I sent you a picture. It looks pretty sweet, right? It does look pretty fantastic. It looks like uh, a <laughs> kind of room I don't want to hang out in. Yeah, and it, it makes a great way to use up some old vinyl. I mean, if you're at a garage sale and you just want to decorate your room in a cool way, I mean, you could do this. Anyway. You could do a whole wall of these if you wanted to, but I did it really simply. All I did was I take the 33 and a thirds, and they're probably about an inch and a half apart each, right up against the ceiling line. And you know how I fastened them to the wall? Just flat little white thumbtacks right in the middle. Boom, 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 boom. It took no time at all. No measuring, no nailing, no screws, no anchors, just thumbtacks. I mean, these things are pretty light, so they stuck right up. They look awesome, and it was an easy installation. Highly recommend doing that spruce upper room, and you could do it, like I said. You could do a door. You could do a wall. I mean, just find some old vinyl that's unplayable. Don't don't use anything that's playable. Anything that's playable, send to the Album Nerd Studios. We would love to have them. (laughs) What do you got this week, man? No, that's really that's cool, man. I think uh, I think I have a wall. I might want to do that with in my house do too. It. So, yeah, record wall. Cool. Uh, yeah, my my thing this week is a piece of software that I use for accounting. Actually, I don't think we've ever talked about what we actually do professionally on the show before. We're not professional podcasters. Um, I'm a web developer. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I make websites and I do a lot of invoicing and sending estimates to clients. That's pretty much my main way of getting paid, so it's important. I've been using a tool called FreshBooks, Canadian-based company, Hail Canada. Yeah, Hail Canada. <laughs> it's a really great 
uh, piece of cloud-based accounting software. It's very simple to use. It's easy for your clients to, to interface with and pay you. Um, they just updated it uh, end of last year with a new interface that is absolutely gorgeous. My invoices look beautiful now, and I get paid quickly and on time, and I highly recommend it. A super awesome uh, support team there as well. So yeah, FreshBooks, if you're doing any sort of invoicing, just an easy way to take the hassle out of it. It's just relatively cheap. I pay like 20 bucks a month for it. Nice. Totally worth it. Yeah. So I mean, if you're going to sum it all up, it keeps you from putting um, this into this. Right? That's that's exactly it. You summed it up. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fresh books for you. <laughs> Keep it out wow. of the toilet. Yep, keep that cash out of the toilet. You gotta keep your books straight. So yeah, all right, man, that was cool. Uh, I yeah, I do not think about the fact that you have to deal with that BS, all that money stuff. So that's good that there's tools like that out there. I don't even think about that much anymore either. I just let FreshBooks handle it. It's uh, it's pretty cool. cool. But uh, yeah, man. Hey, you know what, dude? Uh, I almost forgot. We gotta get to that uh, that that listener uh, review. That that's we so fantastic. Do. You're very, you're very right. So we want to see more of these. There's a five-star beautiful reviews when you guys take the time to tell us what you think about the show. If they're really special, we'll read them on the show. So we're going to read this one right now. This was brought to us by Lunafish Cookie Bear. Beautiful name. <laughs> Parents were probably hippies. Uh, the title, Love These Nerds. Great listen for a music-centric podcast covering lots of ranges, genres, and random music things. Always interesting and makes me laugh. Really dig Andy's deep voice and the way with the words. And the dude's humor. Deaf, worth a listen. Deaf means definitely, I'm pretty sure. Thank you very much, Luna Fish Cookie Bear. We appreciate it, and we're glad you're enjoying the show. If anyone else out there is kind enough to go onto the uh, iTunes, give us the five stars, and get you know, type up a little review so we know uh, how you feel, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and we will do our best to make you happy. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Luna Fish Bearface. Is that who it was? Cookie Bear, Cookie, Cookie bear. bear. Come on, that that's coming down if you don't treat the listeners with respect. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool we appreciate that very much thank you um be sure to hook us up uh or check us out on twitter and the symbol music discovery app as well you can also leave us reviews if you like on google play music and stitcher radio we're up there as well as itunes and of course at our website albumnerds.com it's albumnerds with an a Ooh, that deep voice Woo! yeah so thanks for listening Go to all those places. On our website, you can also get those playlists. We uh, usually put up the albums we're talking about. So easy way for you to get to it. So everybody, thank you. Have a great weekend and a great week. And we'll talk to you next time. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye.